Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We're your host, Marcia Novelli. And Ross Barber. We'd like to welcome Andy Rosen, a.k.a. Dr. Rosen Rosen, to the show. Andy is an L.A.-based producer and artist manager. Under the name Dr. Rosen Rosen, he has produced and co-written with singer-songwriters Meg Myers, Ophelia, and Kay, and has remixed tracks for some of the biggest names in the industry, including Katy Perry and Britney Spears. Hi, Andy. Hi. Thanks for having me, guys. No worries. Hey, the show. And that was not the second take for that. I swear, I did not accidentally no. pronounce your name Dr. Rosen Rosen. Absolutely, Andy Rosen. Absolutely, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, we're total pros. We do our we're research pros. and everything, you know. <laughs> so, Andy, we like to start the show off by asking you to tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know, and these can be, you know, big things, little things, anything that you think people should know. Big things, little things that they should know about me. Okay, one, um, I'm a half Jewish guy from Idaho. Uh, which is about, uh, I think, one of the weirdest backgrounds a record producer living in L.A. could have for some reason. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll go half-Jewish half uh, Idaho boy. Um, let's see, what else? I have a podcast called Totally Beverages and Sometimes Hot Sauce that is solely about talking about beverages and hot sauce. <laughs> um, let's see, what else can I tell you about myself? I'm trying to think of, like, something... Something I like. Um, gosh, this is tough, guys. Uh, to put the pressure on. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's good. I hope you like edit out my like painfully long answer. <laughs> I'll interrupt the. Let's see. <laughs> My God, why am I like totally spacing? You better edit this out. It'd be funny if you just kept cutting me. Be like, you better edit this out. You better edit this out. Um, Let's see something else about myself. Um, Well, you produce records. Oh yeah, I produce. uh, I produce music. (laughs) That's so lame. There we go. We'll let you. We'll let you get away with that one. (laughs) uh, My favorite uh, meal, my last meal, would be uh, brisket that my mom makes. That's a good one. Yeah, I'll go with that one. There. Yeah, we like that. No one's told us that before so absolutely this is a new yeah, one i like that all right okay that's a good one <laughs> so andy or would you like me to call you dr rosen rosen you can go whatever you want a lot of people say rosen a lot of people say andy i'm gonna call you andy <laughs> <laughs> so you're a producer and remixer it seems like I, I i took a look at your discography it seems like i'm sure you've been producing for for a very long time but it seems like you kind of got your kind of big um break by by remixing um, songs yeah. for a lot of artists. How did that come about? Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of, I started off, um, I started off really as an art, more of an artist, um, but always wanted to produce and was always producing either my own records or bands that I was in. And basically, um, a friend of mine suggested that I do a remix of the Katy Perry song, I Kissed a Girl. 
And whenever that song came out, I don't know, was that eight, ten years ago or something like that? Uh, 2008 or 2009, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I just, uh, I had really never considered ever doing a remix. I'd been producing for so long. And I just kind of did, eh, I'll try that. And, uh, this remix I did was that one. It wasn't very good, but I got so much attention for it. Um, that I was like, oh, this might be a really good way to get my name out to the world. And so basically that was kind of my, the beginning of like my remixing career, I guess you could say. And I basically was just trying to get my hands on any song that I liked, uh, the acapella version of it to do, um, a bootleg remix, which is just an unofficial remix. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I did, uh, I don't know how many unofficial ones I did, but then eventually, um, someone from Interscope Records reached out and that was kind of the beginning of starting to do official ones and getting uh getting paid to do them yeah for artists like drake weezer lady gaga yeah just to name yeah. a few tegan and yeah. sarah i didn't realize that you did a remix for tegan and sarah we're both huge I fans did. oh my god i'm such a such a fan mm-hmm. and i don't think that one was official but it never it never came out like mm-hmm. I think they commissioned a ton and a bunch of oh, them yeah. came out, but mine, mine didn't get chosen, unfortunately. It happens. But it's one of my favorite ones, so I oh, put really? it out anyways. Oh, come on, Tegan and or Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So you um, most recently you've been working with Meg Myers, and Marcy and I are both big fans of Meg. I am definitely. Awesome. You man- you're managing her as well. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. How did that so, come about? Yeah, that so, yeah, the whole kind of, I guess, timeline of uh, Meg and me, we met about three years ago. Um, I was looking for just like new artists to work with at the time. And my manager at the time, Ryan, came across her MySpace page. And as soon as we saw it and heard her voice, we were like, oh, we got to get a hold of this girl. And we just couldn't get a hold of her. She wouldn't return any messages. And I later found out that... Um, my manager like had no profile picture on his MySpace profile, which was like super <laughs> shady looking. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then so someone else from the man, <laughs> and someone else from the management company, uh, a girl ended up reaching out to Meg, and she like responded to me immediately. So we like kind of met up, and she was so cool, and we're like, let's try a couple sessions and see how it goes. And basically, we worked together. We clicked pretty early on. And then I went and saw her perform live. She did like a a set with just her and a friend, kind of like a duo. And I was just, I was floored and pretty much was like, this is all I want to do right now. Um, And at the time I was doing a lot more like writing sessions, like writing pop songs for other artists. And, but basically I was like, I really just want to focus most of my time on Meg. Um, And I signed her to my production company and we, uh, yeah, put out that first EP daughter in the choir and then have kind of slowly been building from there, and I kind of accidentally fell into the management um, role as well. She, um, we looked for some managers, and she had management for a minute, but they didn't work out. Then we were looking for other managers and meeting with a lot of managers. And one of those managers asked me, like, why aren't you doing this? You've kind of been doing it for the last two mm-hmm. years. And then my wife said the same thing. And I, I asked Meg, like, could I do this? And she was like, yeah, I've been waiting for you to ask me. So <laughs> it kind of, it kind of just naturally, naturally happened. Yeah. So right, I right. wear a lot of hats in the project. Cool. Cause <laughs> I was going to say one question I was going to ask you would be like, when should an artist look for a manager? If at all, like, cause a lot of people say you don't look for a manager, a manager finds you. 
But yeah, I, I, it's probably different for everyone, I would say. Yeah, I, I think I kind of agree with what you just said. You don't look for a manager, a manager finds you. I, I'm just starting to, you know, Meg's name is, um, she's starting to get a little bit better well-known. So I'm just starting to like field, start getting those emails from artists that are looking for a manager. Yeah. And I think nine out of 10 times, um, those artists are sending them way too early mm-hmm. and there's no, there's no need to spend energy there. You're better off to be spending energy on your craft and your songs. And the second managers want to find you and are hitting you up, that means that kind of you're, you're doing things right. And you'll have just so many more options of, you know, who to pick, who, who's the right person that really understands your music. Seems like a similar thing when it comes to record labels too. You know, I mean, people are coming to you, not only do you, like you said, you have more options, but you also get a little bit more pull too as an artist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that was important too. And I think when, when Meg and I started, we didn't even know, we didn't know if like she would end up on a major label or an indie label or if we would stay independent the whole time. Um, and after we put out that first first EP, we started getting some attention and then started playing live shows in LA and a lot of record labels started coming to the shows. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we were in a fortunate situation where we did have choices and yeah, that was a really hard decision to make. But yeah, at a certain point, we just kind of had to go with our gut and be like, okay, of all these people, who understands it the most? Of who's going to, you know, let us have the most creative control. And, you know, I, I think of that there's no reason to be like sending your music to a record label right now. If nobody knows who you are. Um, yeah. Maybe some record label will be like, Oh, these people are amazing. We got to sign them, but you're kind of doing yourself a disservice because y- you need to have as many options as possible for your career. I yeah. like that. Totally. Cause they, a lot of labels now want you to already have an established audience because they're not so willing to put the money into artist development and, and all that kind of stuff anymore. So you kind of have to do all that yourself. Absolutely. Until you get to a point where, you know, you're a ready-made artist, I guess. They don't want to have to mold you and make you something. It's kind of a yeah. catch-22, though. You know, it's, it's especially, there used to be a lot more of a development deals that used to go on, I mean, like well over a decade ago and that's kind of completely weaned out because it's you know uh there's a there's a friend of mine who uh who's been signed to a label for you know 20 years major label and you know his kind of idea was especially nowadays you you need a label when you don't need a label anymore <laughs> right right uh, but the, the the thing that i find uh, interesting about meg myers though like how much of a following did she develop on her own um or was that was, was it kind of like she was starting to get attention in la and that's when the label came in yeah, we we literally started at zero. So, mm-hmm. um, and it was an interesting thing too because you know it's something you believe in what you're doing. I I can't tell you how much I believe in Meg Myers. And the first thing we did was make the video for Monster, and we put it out. Um, I had you know some connections from all the remix work I did. There were blogs that I knew that I could send. You know, I could send music to these blogs, and I would know at least that they would open it up and kind mm-hmm. of look at it. Um, but that we really had no real connections. There was no PR company involved or anything, and it, it was like nothing for a couple of weeks. And I remember you know looking at talking to my wife and being like, "Oh shit, like we you know did we." Uh, like, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like, you're like, oh, I believe in this so much. How come other people aren't 
coming on board. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it slowly kind of started happening. And, you know, this blog would talk about it. This blog would talk about it. Um, Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park, he included Monster on his like best of the year list or something. And then mm. like stuff that you could never expect would happen. And how that, but kind of slowly come about with any, Did that come about with any sort of like, you know, background promotional uh, work or is that literally completely organic? This is us, like us pounding the pavement, you know, me personally emailing as many blogs as I right, know. So reaching out to people, right. But without yeah. the support of a, of a major label. Like no, no, yeah, label. there was no record label involved um, till about a year after Daughter in the Choir came out. That's really cool. Yeah, so Team Meg Myers was myself, Meg, and my wife. That was it. It was the three of us. And are you managing any other artists at this point, or is Meg pretty much... Um, right now, I'm also working with an artist named Ophelia, right. um, who's an amazing vocalist, and Absolutely. I call the genre like folk funk, but uh-huh. I, I don't know. It, it's really cool, and she has an EP that'll be coming out. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, we both heard Hawk Fly, Tiger Run. Um, yeah, I, we, I, I love your production work, man, just to say, like, it's, it's very unique. It's a... Uh, I'd like to kind of ask like how you developed your your style of production work because uh, it is unique and I think I, I personally think that's kind of uh, you know what's kind of it's given not just your artist but especially Meg Myers I find her kind of sound you know what I mean obviously that's what a producer does but it's a very yeah. unique sound you know I think I that's think, helping her stand out yeah I think part of that has to do with uh, a couple things I guess using Meg as an example we're both just chasing stuff that we love when we work together. And so, and I also feel like if you trace back what I liked in high school, I was a diehard Fiona fan. I was a diehard Tori Amos fan. I was mm-hmm. a diehard Ani DeFranco fan. Yeah. And so those are like, those are references that Fiona Apple Meg was, what's that? Fiona Apple. Yeah, Fiona Apple. Yeah. So basically, all the angry female singer songwriters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that Meg Myers is going along yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so for Meg, though, none of those none of those people were, were that relevant for her. It was like who she liked in high school, um, Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Um, can, she's like a it. big Goo Goo Dolls fan. Oh. Sting. Kind of more punk rock. Well, you're coming more from uh, singer songwriter, angry females. Alanis Morissette is she one of them? No, well, that's the oh, funny really? one. It's like, I, it, it wasn't, and in, in very early on, a lot of people compared Meg to Alanis Morissette, which I was like, yeah, I could kind of see it. And it's, it's interesting as the project's developed now, I can really see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the other thing is I just joke as a producer, I'm just trying to make all the music that I loved in high school. So I've just honestly been making this same music for 20 years <laughs> and like... <laughs> perfecting the craft of making what I liked 20 years well, ago and hopefully think, it'll be cool now. I think it's really bit. cool. Well, it, it, there is a marriage of completely different styles I think are coming together, um, not just in Meg's uh, work, but in your work with all the other artists. And it seems like you're able to blend like each artist's uh, influence with what you're bringing to the table. That's what I'm finding. Like with Meg, it was very interesting when I first heard it because um, I heard those influences of Nirvana and yeah. particularly Nirvana, I, I wasn't. I, I thought maybe even Green Day and some bands like that as well. Um, and in your style too, you know, I saw that in marriage, and I thought it was very, very unique. Um, but I also found that the stuff you work on, uh, not just with Meg, but at least I, I'm most familiar with Meg stuff. I, I've heard everything, but uh, like like Ross said, we're, we both really, really, really digging that. Um, it's very eclectic too. Yeah, um, like her EPs and and the artists you work with. It, it, 
it's very interesting. I don't know if that comes about because you're not tied to a label, at least at first, uh, with, with the work you're doing. But it's kind of like, a, fuck it, we're going to do what we want. <laughs> I really yeah. like that. Yeah, and it's interesting too. I think that was a conversation that came up a lot when we started meeting with record labels. There were labels that were like, well, what is it going to be? And like, what is the sound going to be? And put it in and a box. Exactly. And, and I think there are albums like that that have been really successful and artists that are like really singularly like branded. Mm-hmm. Um, Which can work if they have created their own sound. I, I always think of a band like Circus Survive. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. No. One of my favorite bands, but they have their own sound. Like, And I want their records to sound like them. because. Right. Very few people sound like them, you know, but you know, that, that's, that's one example. Yeah. And, and so we, we, we were a little different in like, I think Meg's voice will always tie everything together. And we yeah. obviously do think of, of that. I mean, believe me, we have demos of things that really stretch out way too far and it's like, <laughs> no, we can't, we can't. Even for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we are conscious of it, but yeah, mm-hmm. we want to, I think that's part of the development process also that is been ignored lately. Um, and that is one thing that I'm really hoping to do since I've fallen into this management role as well. I'm hoping that I can kind of build a company that does start doing artist development again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, man, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. So that. that's kind of one of my, my bigger goals about learning all this other, all other aspects of the industry as well. Well, man, I've heard that a million times. I'm an artist myself and, you know, the idea that you have to be one thing. And, you know, I, I really admire other artists that say, f- give the finger to that. You know what I mean? Cause that's kind of, that's kind of where I stand. Um, you know, I, I, I like to cite albums like Smashing Pumpkins. Um, oh my God, I can't believe I'm Melancholy and the Infinite Thank Sadness. Thank you. I can't, it just completely yeah. out of my brain. Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness is one of my favorite albums of all time. And, Oh man! Like the amount of different styles on that yeah, record. Yeah, it's really very, very everything from yeah. a, a you know opening piano track right down to metal. You know what I mean? And everything yeah. in between. And it's all about how you work it together. And for an artist like that, you know, it's Billy Corgan's voice, like you said, with with Meg, that ties it all together. Right, you know and I mean? and it's and you have to believe the artist. I think. Yeah. What's interesting is that what you just described can sometimes happen on like, let's say a pop artist album because there's 20 different producers involved and it's it's unauthentic and it doesn't, yeah. And it just doesn't flow together. But like on a Meg record, it really is her and I in a room going on that journey together. And so I think that makes it more cohesive and it's like, it really is Meg's voice and what she wants to say that particular day, what emotions she's going through that particular day. So it really is authentic as I'm sure Billy Corgan doesn't seem like an inauthentic dude well, to me at all. He writes it all himself. I mean, like, yeah. you know what I mean? When it comes down to something like that, like, I think Ross and I can agree, we can definitely tell the authenticity and the, you know, how genuine it is. You know, it's, it's not the same as, you know, like you said, some, some artists record, if, if you can call them an artist. Um, it's kind of like, well, here's the, the, the hit, here's the crossover track, here's the ballad. You know, it's, it's very obvious. Right. And that's why I can't get into that. Yeah. You know? But no, I was surprised. I'm, I'm surprised with some of the stuff you do in a good way, you know? Um, but yeah, moving on, uh, you also, uh, you also, like you mentioned before we started here, you have four podcasts. Yeah, I, I don't really have four. I participate in three. My wife, wife, Elizabeth is, um, she started a podcast called totally lame, which I'm the sidekick on. My wife's a comedy writer. So every week we have a guest 
Yeah, guest from Comedy On. Your wife's um, name is? Elizabeth Lame. Awesome. L-A-I-M-E. Um, cool. And so, yeah, we started that five years ago. That one's actually coming to a close on our five-year anniversary. Oh. But since then, we started one called Totally Married, which is just like relationship advice. People write in and we answer questions. Like and we just had a baby uh, about eight months ago. Congrats. And so my wife started one. Thank you. That is awesome. Yeah. So she just started one called Totally Mommy. And it's <laughs> like very mom-based. Yeah. And then... For some crazy reason, I just started Totally Beverages and sometimes Hot Sauce a few weeks ago. I want to be on that one. I want to you, talk beverages you, and hot sauce. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> it's so funny. It like sounded like the dumbest idea that I've ever had, but everybody drinks beverages, so you can talk forever about it with anybody. So, yeah, it's been really I'm fun. I'm going to come so on the show and talk about water. <laughs> there, to, you go, just, there you go. Just to be oh, a we're going to talk about alarm juice. Remember? What's alarm juice? So we did a podcast interview with someone and she misheard Marcio and thought that he had alarm juice when he had lime, no, alarm, alarm water, sorry. But I um, had, it was lime, lime water. and water. But yeah, yeah, yeah. she misheard and uh, yeah, it could be a new thing. It could yeah, be a totally beverage. I'm going to actually, I'm going to, I'm going to start branding alarm water. Um, alarm yeah, water. so totally beverages. I think that's, a, that's a really neat idea. I'm a huge Huge lover of hot sauce. I really am. I think it sounds funny unless you're a huge lover of hot sauce. Then you get it. Right? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. So yeah, it just sounds. It does sound a little bit strange. Well, it must be strange to people who don't love hot sauce to understand like why we put ourselves through that. But it's kind of like I guess it's like people who love pain. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a fan of pain yeah. or anything like that. I'm not into that. But for some reason, the hot sauce pain is a good pain. You know, like burn it's- my mouth, burn my throat. It's good. <laughs> Someone just wrote into me that there's a um, a shot at. Oh, you guys probably don't have this. There's a, a chain called Buffalo Wild Wings in the states. Not familiar. But anyways, they have a shot that's um, half Goldschlager and half the hottest hot sauce. I've that heard they of have, this. Yeah, I heard of that. Which just sounds ridiculous, but we're gonna have to try that at some right. point. But that there seems like total pain, runny nose. Yeah, the the works. It'll clear. Do you, up the like, do you drink well. the beverages on the show? Like, do you make them while you're on the show and then drink them? Yeah. Well, every every. Every episode, we have like a blind shootout where we like, we kind of do it on the show, but yeah, we don't videotape it, which it's ridiculous. So people just hear us <laughs> drinking these that, beverages. That's hilarious though. Um, but yeah, like, so we've done, we have a Halloween episode uh, that we taped, uh, uh, yeah, about a month or two ago. And so we like shut out pumpkin spice lattes diff- from different places and <laughs> talked about what awesome. our favorite was. <laughs> yeah, it's just coffee, so yeah, that sounds awesome to me. We're hoping to do a water episode that shoots out uh, bottled water versus tap water versus rainwater. <laughs> yeah. I'm loving this, man. I'm loving yeah, yeah. it. I really yeah, I think like I'm going to subscribe to this. Like right absolutely, after. absolutely. I I'm hope so. I hope too. so. Absolutely, uh, and that's on iTunes, right? People can yeah, absolutely, yeah. Very cool. So out of all the, obviously you're a, a multi-talented guy and, and keep yourself really busy doing different things. There's got to be some sort of funny stories that have happened in all these um, adventures of yours. Um, you know, particularly, possibly, really? I just said particularly, possibly. <laughs> hey, it works for me. Um, alliteration. Uh, w- working with some artists. Anything crazy, silly, weird happen that stands out Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how funny it's... I was thinking about recently just some of the terrible, terrible sessions that I've had working with people. Oh, that can be funny. Uh, we, yeah. To us, at least, sorry. <laughs> and it's interesting because I, I have this, like, theory that for, you know, if you were to talk to Ophelia or Meg 
um, they would probably, I, I hope would say like, Oh yeah, that dude's pretty talented and he's pretty, he's a pretty good guy. <laughs> we can hope. <laughs> <laughs> we can hope. Um, but man, I've had a few sessions where I, I bet, uh, if you were to at, talk to that artist, they'd be like, that guy is the worst. <laughs> um, I remember it's I had, happen. yeah, I don't want to name any names, but I had a session with, um, an Australian artist who was, I guess in Australia, like kind of have a, a, a known name. Uh-huh. And she came to, it was like from minute one, it just wasn't, it wasn't going well. And then I, I realized like halfway through the session that, oh, she's like very religious, which I have no problem with whatsoever. But it was I just, I wish, I wish someone, I wish someone would have given me a heads up. <laughs> <be> straight up. <laughs> Sorry, I do. <laughs> yeah, on. yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but it went so bad about two hours in, I was like, I'm going to call it. Like, I got to get out of this situation. And I, I've been in the situation before that's like, hey, you know, we're just not clicking. Yeah, no yeah. big deal. Mm-hmm. Let's salvage the day. I'm sure there's better things that you have to do. Yeah. So I had that conversation with this artist and she's like, yeah, I agree. And she gets on the phone with her manager or whoever's like helping her out while uh-huh. she was in Los Angeles. And I could hear the phone call. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, okay, oh, and how long of a drive is that? Oh, and, and my, heart is, my heart is sinking because I'm like, oh, no, like, when I'm is, when can up with her. <laughs> and she gets off the phone and she's like, yeah, so the, they're going to be here in about three hours. Oh. And I was just like, so it was like the longest three hours of my life. And then for some reason, when the management showed up, they're like, we would love to hear what you guys did today. And so I, you know, I had to like push play and I was just sitting there just being like, I hate this. This is the worst thing. Like, and the song stopped and I swear the room was just dead silent. Like nobody had a nice thing to say. It was just painfully awkward. Um, Yeah. So that was one of my worst sessions. I don't know what this says about Ross and I, but we find this entertaining. I'm sorry, but it, it's great. No, no, I, no. I, I guess, but we've probably had similar experiences. Like, I've definitely had experiences oh, when yeah. I've worked with like clients and I'm, I'm oh, looking yeah. at you and I'm like, you know the one I mean. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, I've had... I've it's just like, you know, well. when you work with someone who is, you just don't, you don't click. And that, that's the thing. It yeah. doesn't say anything about you or them. It just means that you're just not the right combination and it can be a disaster like two people that are good at what they do that just don't click can like produce like something awful um yeah and it's no one's fault Um, and not at all but it's funny it's usually the it's the other person's fault (laughs) in in your case i'm sure i'm sure it's always the other person's person's fault fault. no but to them it's probably my fault um well you know that actually i've always believed that it's so important for an artist to pick the right producer um, yeah. you know, I don't think that you should just go with someone and, you know, maybe you can, you can add some uh, light on this, but I don't think you should just go with someone who, um, the credits maybe just jump at you. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. probably, it's, it's about clicking. It really yeah. is. Um, from a producer standpoint, you know, what sort of uh, light can you shine on that? Yeah, I have such strong feelings about this. Um, and you know, I'm just beginning my career, uh, right now and I feel so fortunate to, you know, to get to work with with people like Ophelia and Meg. Um, I feel like one of the biggest problems right now, especially at some of the larger record labels is they get really excited about an artist and they sign the artist. And one of the first things that they do is say, okay, who can we put her or him in a room with to make some hit songs. Right. Um, And 
it never works. I mean, I have so many friends that are artists that get kind of put on this shuffle of working with different producers. I have many times been that producer. And, you know, since I'm just starting my career, I'm like the 50th guy that these artists have come to. Mm -hmm. So they're like showing up and be like, all right, I got to work with this guy now. Um, (laughs) And it doesn't work. And so I have strong feelings when it comes to, I feel like once you find your team, once you find that formula, um, it, it makes so much sense to really dig in and, and kind of, and just go for it. Because for example, with Meg, like we can literally finish each other's sentences when we're, if we're getting stuck on lyrics or something like that, like we know each other so well, I can tell if she's in a great mood. I can tell she's in a bad mood. I, you know, we just know, we know each other so well. And, um, we just have that common language now. Um, I also do think that like, you know, collaboration is super important. Um, but you know, in like this particular case, yeah, when you find a great thing, make more music, do more collaboration with that person instead of trying to find the, you know, someone, let's say someone more successful or someone that has done this. So yeah, it's, it's, I feel so passionate about that. And that's, um, yeah, that's something that I hope to keep doing in the future. And if I'm not involved helping other people, you know, find the team that makes sense for them. Um, yeah. Facilitating yeah. Well, you know, you and Meg, like you said, uh, started working together before there was a record label involved for a whole year. So I think uh, maybe you'll, you'll agree with me on this, but I think an artist should be looking for a producer before there's any label involved because, you know, and maybe work with a few different people because then they're going to kind of know what works for them. It's always strange to me when, when a record label jumps in and they're like, oh, this artist is great. Now, what can we make them? You know, how yeah. can we make them sound like, well, yeah. maybe you should work on making them sound like them, you know, and finding a producer that gets them. So um, any advice you'd give, I guess you just gave some advice, but any advice you would give uh, to aspiring musicians and aspiring producers as well? Yeah, I think aspiring producers, um, Wherever you're based, find people locally that you want to work with that are talented and just start working with them and putting music out. I think Mm -hmm. that's the best thing that you can do right now. There's, you don't need to worry about getting paid right now. Um, You don't need to worry about contracts. Like you should just be focusing on making music and getting it out there. Um, I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of times people really overthink their careers early on and kind of end up shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, I can completely agree. The most important thing is to find people that you like working with, that you feel creative around and that you can be creative and make creative things with. Um, I have to constantly tell myself like nothing's going to happen unless you make the music and people hear the music. You can think about it as much as you want. You can talk about it as much as you want. But at the end of the day, if you're not actually creating it and releasing it, nothing's going to happen. So, and that's something I still struggle with to this day, but, you know, content and getting that content out is, is crucial. I love it. Are you ready for 20 questions? Yeah, let's do it. Ross, how do you want to do this one? Um, I'll start this one. All right. Okay, cool. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Meat or veggies? Meat. CD or vinyl? CD. Summer or winter? Winter. Yoga or yogurt? Yogurt. Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. New York or Los Angeles? New York. Taylor Swift or Taylor Lautner? Taylor Swift. (laughs) 
Indie or major? Indie. Spotify or Pandora? Spotify. Britney Spears or Katy Perry? Ooh. <laughs> Britney Spears. They're like half of his potential work has just disappeared. <laughs> and neither one, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. Mac or PC? Mac. Now you want to be careful with this one. <laughs> yeah. Meg Myers or Meg Griffin? <laughs> Ooh, I'll go Meg Myers. Okay, that's smart choice. Breaking Bad or Homeland? Breaking Bad. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> Smart man. Twerk yeah. or work? <laughs> twerk or work? Twerk, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Takes a real man to admit that they can twerk. <laughs> oh, I, oh, man. I twerk it all the time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? Oh, Ooh, that one's tricky for me because... I'll go Ricky Gervais, I you, guess. You're a smart man. <laughs> Whale or kale? Whale or kale? Whale. Okay. <laughs> like, a big, like a big whale? Oh, we don't really know. <laughs> we don't know. No one knows. We don't knows. really know we what it, we leave it up to it. everyone's it rhymes, imagination. So. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> Bette Midler or the Riddler? <laughs> uh, let's go Bette Midler. And finally, the last question, which I, I always, I feel is the most important question, um, and it will determine, you know, future relationships with, with Ross and myself. Keep in mind, I'm also a singer-songwriter, and, you know, looking to do another album soon, and, uh, you know, looking for, you know, some producers to work with. So, the question is, Ross or Marcio? Oh! <laughs> I'm a dick. <laughs> yeah, bear that in mind, Ross. We both are, we both are. Marcio? He's a smart man. <laughs> He's a smart man. <laughs> there we go. We're all good now. <laughs> oh, guys. Ross, I'm pretty sure you have way more than I've got. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, I would expect to. <laughs> I mean, you, you do Getting have... hockey now. <laughs> you do have that uh, Stairmaster behind you. He so does. Star- and that, and that wonderful accent of his. It's just, you know... Well, oh. I, I just borrow this, you know. <laughs> he, just, he just puts it there to make it look like, you know, he stays fit and everything. <laughs> oh, man. So, Andy... Uh, what what have you been listening to lately? Other than obviously the wonderful artists you're working with, what's uh, what's on your playlist? Ooh, I like the um, FKA Twigs. Yeah. Okay. Record. Have you heard that? Not familiar. Yeah, I've heard that. I like her a lot. Um, I'm going to check out the new Taylor Swift record. I'm curious about that. Mm-hmm. Just I'm uh, curious from a pop about the standpoint. Imogen Heap collaboration. That's that's why what? I'm interested in. I didn't know that. There, that's that's Heap? something on there. Now oh, yeah. I'm even more curious. There is a yeah. There's, yeah. there's one track. Um, so pretty much I've it's an Imogen Heap to... record. Or sorry, an Imogen Heap been... song with Taylor Swift credit. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Descendants. Do you guys know the Descendants? They're like an yeah. old punk band. Oh, of course. Um. They, I just watched, a, I was a big fan of them in high school, and there's like a cool documentary that just came out about them. So I've been listening oh, to a lot exactly. of them. I've, I've been revisiting, yeah, some more like kind of more punky rock stuff that I used to like. Um, Built to Spill. I love Built to Spill. I've been listening yep. to a lot of Built to Spill lately. I'm trying to think of some more new stuff, though. The FKA Twigs is the only thing that comes to mind of like new, new stuff. Doesn't have to be new. That's yeah. all right. Very yeah. cool, man. Where yeah. can people find you online? Uh, Twitter, twitter.com slash dr rosen rosen. And my website that you can like see my discography and also like stream a bunch of stuff is drrosenrosen.com. The doctor is spelled out. Right. Um, yeah, that's the best way to find me. Perfect. 
Awesome. Man, cool. this has been this has been great. It's been a real pleasure getting to chat with you. Um, yeah, thanks so much for having me on. You guys are awesome. This is great. Oh, you're awesome. I guess we're all just, this is just a big love fest. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love awesome, it. Awesome, man. Once I get off, I'm going to start twerking. Uh, <laughs> twerking crazy. Well, we got to catch that on video, though, man. <laughs> all Toronto <laughs> Ross twerks all the time. He's going to get on that, that Stairmaster, whatever that is, but the treadmill back there and start twerking while he's working. I don't know. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I'll be Amazing. twerking, tweeting, and working, and you know, <laughs> drinking coffee. And uh, all right, let's know, not get ahead of ourselves here, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andy, it's been a real pleasure, man. Definitely come back, and uh, thanks for sharing your Absolutely. story with us. Take care, brother. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.